Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and uh, I'm just doing a first impression of The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, I just saw it for the first time last night. You have to forgive me, I'm a little groggy, so I'm going to file this under a late night movie review discussion just because my my head feels like it's full of cotton. Um, and I can uh, my voice sounds funny when I talk, so I'm having trouble uh, thinking out loud. Uh, but, but anyways, I... This is a first impression. It's got to contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, watch it before you listen to this. Or, you know, if you don't care about the spoilers, go ahead and listen. Uh, not everyone feels the same way about that. I waited a while to watch this. I think it came out in like October or something. I can't remember exactly when it came out. And I was hearing from, from the reviewers that I was paying attention to, uh, and the people that were like in Soprano fandom that I was paying attention to, I was getting quite a bit of negative uh, re reactions to it. So I wanted to wait a while because I just don't want that to cloud my judgment when I watch a movie. And so I, I got it last night on Amazon Prime. I watched it. I kind of went in with low expectations. Maybe that helped a bit. I don't know. But I ended up quite liking it. I understood some of the critiques of it. Uh, some of them I agreed with. Some of them I didn't. I felt it was more cohesive than a lot of people gave it credit for. And it felt, frankly, more in line with the way that The Sopranos handles narratives. Uh, it was a little bigger, and I think in some ways that was good, in some ways that was bad. But it still, within a two-hour framework, was a character study. I think the, the only thing that I think it could have used was maybe an extra 20 minutes just to kind of flesh out the characterization a little more, get into a couple of the other characters' motivations a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't have minded... Uh, 20 or 30 more minutes actually because i remember uh in the last 10 minutes of the movie i i i had this feeling of oh things are heating up and i want to see where this is going and then i looked at the uh i looked at, at the uh the time at the bottom and it said there was like seven minutes left or something and i remember thinking I, this really needs more time um i felt that they gave it a satisfactory conclusion but i I wanted it to go on longer, which to me told me I was enjoying the movie. Uh, I, I will say it was a little bit of a slow burn at first. It took me a little bit to get into it. I, I've heard other people have the opposite reaction where they liked it initially and then they fell out of love with it over the course of the movie. I was a little bit more hostile to the movie at the start and then I, the movie won me over as I, as I watched it longer. And some of that just might have been my headspace when I sat down to watch it. Sometimes, you know, if you're not focused and uh, plot points are going past you, you don't pick up on them as much and you don't you don't sink into a film as well. But in this case, uh, you know, this is definitely a movie I need to see more times. Um, this is my that's why I'm calling this like a, a initial, you know, like initial reaction because I liked it. I enjoyed it. I definitely know I didn't pick up on all of the plot points. I know I didn't pick up on all of the references. There were quite a few and I felt like many would have been very easy to miss. So I'm sure that there were some that I, I didn't observe, uh, that I didn't notice. And I also feel like this is a movie that uh, my opinion could easily change on this one as time goes on. I feel like it's probably going to be more positive or stay the same. But I don't know because it, 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 this, I, I think one of the things about The Sopranos is, is it gets better and better on repeat viewings. Uh, at least for me, that's that's the been my experience with The Sopranos, and I don't know whether this is going to have that level of depth to it on repeat viewings or not. So, 
it, it's something where I'm going to have to, you know, I'm probably going to come back and do a second or third viewing discussion at some point on this movie, either in the near future or in the far future, just because I feel like, you know, I want to compare it to the Sopranos in that way. Um, and this being a movie, maybe it, it might've been difficult for them to give it that level of depth. Uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I don't think that it would be discernible on a first viewing if it's there or not. So, um, so that was my, uh, you know, my, my initial reaction was I enjoyed it. I, I, uh, I, I I liked the performances a lot. I I uh, I I especially loved uh, Olivia Soprano in this. Um, uh, I always get the actress's name. Uh, I always butcher this actress's name every time we do a review of a movie that she's in. But uh, uh, Vera Farmiga, I uh, I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, she was outstanding. She was really good. I thought that I thought that she nailed the role. Um, the, the guy who played, uh, Dickie Moltisante, I thought he was really good too. Um, I don't recognize him from anything. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not, I don't follow actors and actresses that much. So I'm sure I maybe have seen him in something and I just, I just, uh, uh, you know, didn't, um, I didn't recognize him, but I thought, I thought he was really good. He kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, of Richie April in the, uh, in the Sopranos series, just something about the way that he, he uh, he looked at people reminded me of that. Um, I thought that the uh, that John Bernthal as Johnny Soprano was a good choice because he he's really good at embodying a character like that. I still have a I don't remember who the guy was who played him in the Sopranos, but that guy I always felt was perfect. I know that he's probably too old to play him now, and I don't know if there's another actor who can quite walk the line that 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 guy had. Like uh, there was something almost vaguely corny, but equally menacing about him and something very old fashioned about his appearance too. like he looked like an actor from the 1950s or something. So he just uh, that guy was just perfect for the for that character. Um, but John Bernthal did a good job. He, he, he was he was really good. Um, I think the uh, uh, Ray Liotta uh, played. So he plays Dick Moltisanti's father, but he also plays his uncle, the the brother of the father. And I and in their credit as twin brothers, I didn't in honest maybe it's mentioned in the movie. I didn't read them as twin brothers in the film. I read them. I mean, if 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 they if if it's saying in the cast that they're twin brothers, they must be. But I just read them as brothers because the the um the other the 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 father of 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 Dickie Moltisanti. Uh, looked very different and looked a little bit older too. Uh, but again, they all, it was also clear just from uh, the two characters that they had different personalities and lifestyles. So I could see how they would be twins as well. I know people complained about that. They, they complained about, uh, you know, having, having sort of the twin or, you know, the twin brother or whatever. I, I thought it worked. I, I liked I, I liked the twists along the way because I didn't know I I did I I I didn't know what to expect and and I, I again I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil things but I I knew that there I knew that there was a twin brother I didn't know the reason for there being a twin brother was that they that uh, that uh, Dicky kills his father and he does it in a really like I wasn't expecting him to kill him in the scene that he kills him and he just starts smashing his head against a steering wheel and. I, I thought that that 
it 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 added complexity to the relationship between um uh between Maltesante, Dicky Maltesante and his uncle. Um so yeah, I, I I thought I thought that worked. Um I really liked that they had uh Michael Imperioli narrating as Christopher in hell throughout the movie. That there's a theme in the Sopranos of the other side and you see that you see that there in this in 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 the narration you also see it there's a scene where uh where tony is who's like still in high school uh meets christopher i don't know if he's meets him for the first time but he he christopher's a baby and he's scared of tony and he's crying and one of the old women says you know when babies uh come into this world sometimes they remember things from the other side and number one that felt very authentic i have aunts and stuff that have said things like that it also ties to the whole thing in the Sopranos where, uh, you know, he's, he, I, I think it's when Tony was shot. There's some mention of, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, seeing things on the other side. Um, and I remember like when my grandfather was, uh, you know, like, like the last month that he was alive, he was seeing people that were no longer around. And so it's, it, it, I don't know. I, I liked the, I don't know. It felt both authentic and it felt like it connected to, a, an important theme in the Sopranos. And I just, I just, I just liked that because uh, it's obviously uh, James Gandolfini's not alive. I imagine that, that the original plan, if they had, uh, if he were alive would maybe to have been, have him narrate the movie. But I thought it actually worked better having Michael Imperioli uh, do the narration because there's the, one of the best lines in the Sopranos is when, when Christopher says that, you know, that's my uncle Tony, the man I'm going to hell for. I'm paraphrasing. But to ha- then have Christopher in hell and be narrating the movie and talking about how he went to hell for 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 his uncle Tony, and yet we're seeing Tony at a much younger age. And this movie is not about Tony. This movie is about Dicky Maltesante, Christopher's father. Um, but he's a character that you're aware of enough in the show that it works having him be the protagonist. And I think it was better not having uh, Tony Soprano be the main character in this one. I. I, I enjoyed the scenes where we where we saw him, but I feel like it, like if they were to do a sequel, I've heard that they might. I think this was a good way to do it because they kind of had to they 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 have to introduce us to um to to uh, Michael Gandolfini who play he's the son of James Gandolfini playing his father's character, and so this was a good way to introduce him. And now that we have a sense of him, I think that he would work in a sequel to this movie because he did a really good job. Uh, and again, I don't know how much of that was acting, how much was just him being the guy's son. But uh, what I also liked about the depiction of Tony was the, like a lot of the stuff that was there was familiar enough. And it felt like uh, it felt like the character, but he wasn't quite fully de- like he wasn't Tony yet. He like, he doesn't feel like he's quite a sociopath yet. And that's sort of an interesting thing over the course of the series is of, you know, has Tony always been this way? Was he made this way by the by the lifestyle that he lived? And seeing this movie, it lends credence, I think, to the idea that he was potentially a good person before uh, entering into the lifestyle. Like he obviously had, um, you know, character flaws. Like he clearly has a temper, but just looking at the environment he grew up in, you can see where that temper would come from. And so, I thought that it was, you know, interesting that. Uh, that he's, you know, he's not, he, 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 it, what this movie does for me is it says that 
the Tony that we have at the end of The Sopranos is is both a product of his environment, but also the choices he makes. And I think that's more interesting than him just being born a psychopath or him being a sociopath that's purely a product of his environment. I think by, uh, you know, he's he makes choices in this movie. One, one of the big choices implied, but if you see The Sopranos, you know what it is. And so I, I think that... Uh, that his his final destination is is clearly a product of uh, you know just in terms of morality and stuff in terms of character personality is a product of the choices he's making as well as the environment that he's a product of um in some other areas so uh so so one of the things that they do that um i don't know i thought i all of the performances are good but they, uh, Silvio Dante, the actor did a great job. He is a perfect, perfect, like 100% impression of Silvio Dante from The Soprano. Like it's exact. But the problem I have with that, and again, I, not a problem with the performance because the actor did a good job. I, it's more with the choice. I feel like a character like Silvio Dante, much like Tony Soprano, that's a product of aging and weathering and becoming that person. And I like how we get like a, a, you know, Tony still being baked. Like he's not quite Tony yet. Like there are elements of Tony, but there's, he's still a, he's still a guy in high school and, you know, he has, a, he, 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 he's on, he's not fully shaped yet, but Silvio Dante in this movie is fully shaped into Silvio Dante. And I feel like he should be, you know, with, with, with a, one minor important exception um, that has to do with the hair, but I, I, but I think by the end of the movie, he act, the hair is fully fleshed out. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it would have been better. I mean, they could have given him some of those ticks and some of those elements, but I feel like it, to to make him a little a little less fully formed would have been better. Um, you know, but overall, I thought that all of the performances were great. And that and even the ones like that where I was like, that's a little bit too on the nose. That was just personal preference just because of how I imagine the characters developing. Um, now, the movie is also set. Uh, it's set during like the Newark riots. And I uh, my understanding is. And, and this is one of the criticisms people level at the movie because it's apparently I think. I think that uh, I think that initially David Chase wanted to make a movie about the riots, and he wasn't able to do that, so he had to affix the Sopranos thing onto it. And a lot of people complain that they're kind of um, they kind of it makes it feel disjointed. I thought that it actually worked. Um, I I was expecting it not to because I'm one of these people that uh, most of the time, if a movie fe- like like obviously the riots. I because this was probably written a couple of years ago. I'm imagining this had something to do with the racial reckoning and stuff like that, and it wanting to connect to that. And and a lot of times when movies try to connect to whatever's going on politically or whatever in the present moment, especially if it's a movie set in the past, I feel like it can it can really feel dated if you go back and watch it in five years or something. And I don't know how this is gonna pan out that way. Um, but sometimes it doesn't sometimes it sometimes it works like you know with um you know like i just did a review of the dirty harry movies and those are very much a product of their time but it it if 
it enhances the movies rather than detracts from them. And here I felt like what the riots do is they provide a, a really good uh, backdrop and atmosphere that adds tension and adds danger and adds a sense of instability to the mafia world that's important. Um, so I felt like they were able to connect it. It might not have been as narratively connected as some people wanted it to be, though I do think it was. I think the character of Harold is he's very much an outgrowth of what's going on with the riots. So I don't I don't feel like it's disconnected from the 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 narrative in any way. And I also think that you know again the you know Harold is a um, is I think an interesting addition to the to the to the world because you know that there was going to be some kind of gangster criminal underworld conflict. And I think if they had gone the direction of having it be within that world that was established with the, with the Sopranos of the five families of the DeMeo crime family, um, it would have just made the world feel as small as it was on the show. Uh, but by adding the character Harold and having this conflict with the, you know, this emerging group, uh, I thought that that ad, that expanded the world. Um, now I I think they you know there there might have been other ways to do it. Like they could have they could have expanded into other crime families outside of the New York New Jersey area. Like they could have had the Patriarca or the Bruno family. Like the uh, at the time they were the Bruno family in Philadelphia. Um, they could have had stuff like that enter into it. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that. I think that uh, I think that this worked. It expanded it, and it and the riots produced a, a good backdrop, and they weren't they weren't like overwhelming. It wasn't like uh, it became a movie about the riots. It, they they were just important to the sense of place and to the Harold character and to uh, some of the stuff going on with Dickie Maltasanti. Like that stuff does all intersect. I feel like people say that that doesn't all connect, but the whole plot with Harold and his his Gumar and um you know that I mean not sorry not Harold with um with Tiki Maltasante and his Gumar that all connects to Her- to to Harold and the riot so I I thought that I I I th- and I I thought that worked and I also liked and again this is going to get into spoilers but what you think is happening is you you think that there's this this brewing conflict between uh Tiki Maltasante and Harold and you're expecting that there's going to be this big shootout where they f- they find out where Harold is and they're going to go and there's going to be some kind of and and, and you you know you uh, or, or you think that Harold is going to send somebody to kill Dickie or something like that is going to happen. And when Dickie gets shot, you find out that it was actually Junior Soprano uh, who ordered the hit. And initially, I was annoyed by that. Initially, I was annoyed, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, you know, that's exactly what the Sopranos does. The Sopranos get you to think it's going to be something and then it ends up being something else there there was it was a nice sort of curveball and initially i was also irritated because the only reason i could think of that junior would have wanted to have him killed was there's a scene where junior falls down the stairs and hurts his back and then he's like unable to perform in bed and stuff and dicky doesn't do it to him doesn't like push him down the stairs but he blames dicky because dicky was the one laughing at him and there was a whole big scene about it and junior's kind of a petty character so you know to an extent that makes sense but it seemed like it ratcheted up the pettiness way too much for me but the more i thought about the movie 
I realized, no, there was actually a lot of resentment. There were a lot of scenes where he was very resentful towards uh, Dickie Moltisanti. And, and so, you know, and it fit with the junior character. Um, it also, it also was another interesting twist because I went into this thinking that Dickie Moltisanti was the guy who, who, uh, basically educated uh tony soprano into the way of the mafia life like his tony always talked about him like he was this you know important figure in shaping him and all that in the movie he really has very little mafia influence on tony tony isn't fully involved in this stuff yet at all uh, he doesn't he's not, he doesn't even know like there's a scene where he's at a awake and he sees all the guys that are involved in the mafia and the family talking in another room and he's wondering what kind of stuff they say because he's not he's, he's at the kids table still so i thought that um it was i was it, 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 it was disappointing at first because i i was expecting to see this tutelage under under dicky Moltisanti with tony uh, but it turns out that in in fact what happens is dicky uh kind of pushes him away from the lifestyle up until the very end of the movie but then when you know he's about to bring him in or it seems like he is and maybe i misunderstood the scene again it was my first time watching it um dickie's shot and so it's dickie dying at that moment that i think helps propel tony and then the the implication is junior is the one who's gonna educate him and i think that's interesting because i feel like if Dicky had been the one to bring him up through the ranks of the mafia, Tony wouldn't have been as evil of a person as if Junior had done so. Because um, again, Junior's like like all the pettiness that Tony has in this movie, it it, it kind of crystallizes. And again, you can see it in the Junior character in the show too. But I think it does crystallize that um, you know Junior is a um, uh, is maybe you know between tony's mom and junior those are maybe the two things that really help propel him down that like i mean it's a dark path either way but the path that he ends up taking even within the mafia uh world is 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 more is all is like more evil than the other people that uh that he's surrounded by um and so again again it's something where you know i was expecting it to go one way and it kind of went another and it wasn't and again, it's not like with the surprise. I don't feel like it's just subverting your expectations. It's, 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 it, it is that, but it, it doesn't feel cheap. And I don't feel that it was cheap in this movie. Um, so I, I, I did enjoy that. Uh, uh, I do think the ending could have probably been a little bit more climactic. Um, I do think the ending could have used you know, like I said, 10 to 20 extra minutes. They really should have developed Junior a little more. I feel like I had to really think back to to piece together why he would have ordered a hit on Dickie. And and I still feel like they they could have maybe intensified some of those resentments a little more just so that they felt so that the hit felt more justified. Or or they could have done more to demonstrate how petty Junior is supposed to be or something. But I but I, again I feel like um uh, I don't know, maybe on repeat viewings, I'll have a different opinion of this. I don't know. I feel I, cause I, cause there were a lot of scenes thinking back. I feel like, I feel like if I pay more attention to the junior stuff, I'm going to realize more about the film. Um, I liked the Harold character. I thought he was, I thought he was, um, uh, I thought he was a good character. Now the only, the only, 
The only thing I didn't like, and I think this is where the Newark Riot stuff maybe has uh, has a little bit more uh, uh, credibility in terms of crit- criticism here, is Harold's motivations. I mean, again, maybe on a repeat viewing, I'll have a different opinion. But I feel like his motivations, because he's everything about him is kind of flowing from the riots and the political stuff, his motivations therefore feel very political. And that doesn't... like. All of the other characters have deeply personal motivations. They're not, they're not, they're not stereotypes. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I mean, they, they, they have stereotypical qualities of like Italians and stuff. Right. But they're not, but, but like, as an example from the show, Christopher Maltesante, you know, he's, he's an addict. Do you know what I mean? And he wants to be a, a filmmaker. He wants to write, um, you know, Tony has all these other aspirations that uh, are, you know, not just not just limited to his identity as an Italian American, and so I feel like with Harold, sometimes he's too much of a stand-in for like an African American experience, and there's not enough. Just what does Harold want? Um, and so, and I think I think that is a product of tying his character to the riots, of making that plot line flow from the riots. I it might have been more interesting and again maybe on repeat viewings I'll notice things where oh he did have more there was more and he was a compelling character and the actor who played him um was uh Leslie Odom Jr um I don't know if I recognize him for anything but he was good he was really good he's a, you you enjoy seeing him on the screen he uh he's charismatic he uh uh he's a believable threat to Dickie and I like that there is, and again, there is this personal resentment he has towards Dickie that makes sense. So, I mean, it's not purely, he's not doing it purely for political reasons or anything like that, but I feel like it's all framed in a political way, if that makes sense. But the, um, but he, but he, he works as a threat. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I just think that I, I, I just thought he was a good character. I just wish that there was a little bit more personal stuff like there is with the other characters you know like dicky has a lot of like very personal quirks that have nothing to do with the politics of you know italian american culture and stuff like that so i would have seen like to see more of that with with the herald character um and i also liked the um i'm gonna get this woman's name wrong i think it's michelle de rossi uh who plays so dicky maltesanti's uh, Gumar in the movie is actually his stepmom. She marries his father. His father beats her. He kills the father because he beats the woman who, uh, you know, obviously, Dickie obviously has affection for her. Uh, she's, the actress, I thought, did a really good job. I liked her. I liked how she establishes, and this is not my original thought. I, somebody mentioned this in, a, in a, a review I had seen ages ago when it came first came out. Um, but she establishes the whole uh, fixation Tony kind of has with women that are from Italy and look like that and, and all this stuff. Because the women that Tony is often drawn to, they, they're they sometimes like his mom, but they don't look like his mom. Um, so I, I thought that, you know, the, 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 you know, there's a scene where Tony's introduced to her and it kind of helps explain that part of his character. Um but I, but again, she's an important character in the movie too. She's not just there to provide that function, um, and also she has her own. Uh, she's like an she's a fully fleshed out character. Um, 
she uh you know and i i don't I get too into that subplot but i thought it was an interesting subplot um i i uh yeah so you know that that part of the movie you know again the with 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 i think i got here from like the riots and stuff i think that i think that the um and this is definitely like a late night movie review. You can definitely tell I'm meandering here, but uh, I I really uh, I really uh, I thought that the the riots they worked as a good backdrop, but I felt like Harold really could have used a little more fleshing out, um, and and I thought that uh, uh, what was it the um, the you know again it just it just it, it felt like it, it was a uh, a bigger world because they they were they were bringing in new elements and i think that was important to to making it work um i think one of the and 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 also a lot of the references to stuff in the sopranos did it, some of it was on the nose but i felt overall it wasn't it didn't feel like a pure fan service movie to me which i think is good um it has some fan service in it uh, I think it's fan service that they kind of had to do in some ways, though, because you're dealing with these characters and you're going to have to address some things about them. And you also want to connect to some of the themes in The Sopranos. They, they have to connect it to The Sopranos. Um, but it didn't feel like... Um, the, the closest it gets to feeling weird in that way is with the Silvio character. I think uh, other than that, I think it's it's all fine. That's the that's the only character that kind of brings it too into um, uh, like I saw one person mentioned it felt like uh, the the sketch from SNL like Sopranos in high school. The Silvio character is the only character that really makes it feel that way. I think um, I thought the woman there's a brief appearance by Carmela. I don't know that that was necessary like that. That did feel like it might have been unnecessary, but I felt like the actress they got to play her did a really good job of nailing her expressions. And she's the kind of character where you kind of wonder what she must have looked like, uh, you know, in high school when she first started dating Tony. And and they nailed it. This is like exactly the right casting, uh, you know, for that character. Um, just like the uh, Michael Gandolfini is, you know, perfect for Tony Soprano. Um, yeah, I think you know, and again, I, I do have to say, I think overall the casting was really good. I still, I, I, I'm, I, I think I like the guy that did Junior Soprano. I mean, he was a good actor. Um, I, I, I just, I just have to think about that a little bit more. I want to pay more attention to the Junior Soprano stuff. The guy they got for Polly Walnut seemed okay, but. He didn't have a lot of screen time. And I really liked, they had Joey Diaz in the movie. Um, and he plays Buddha. He's Pussy's father. I thought that was a really good move because I thought that was the, when I first saw Joey Diaz, it, I mistook him for the guy who plays Pussy. I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays, uh, plays Big Pussy. I thought that, um, uh, I, I thought that, that, that's who, I thought that's who it was at first. And then I was, oh no, that's Joey Diaz. Um, and and Joey Diaz was good, um, and I, I I didn't know how hammy he was going to be in this movie because he's kind of more of a comedian, um, but he I thought he worked really well, um, and yeah I'm trying to think of any other details in the movie. There's probably a lot of stuff I'm I'm forgetting that's important, um, but but yeah I I, I I I enjoyed it. I mean I don't know I don't know what I would give it. I might give it like a seven out of ten. That's probably 
what I, which is a good solid score. And that could go up or down on repeat viewings. But right now I'd give it a seven out of 10. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, I won't instantly say it rose to the level of the series, but the series is a different thing because that had many seasons to do its thing. And so it could lose you for a little bit, but as long as it overall succeeded, it was, it, you know, it's still a 10. And this is different. They had two hours to get it right. And I could have imagined this being like a three or a two very easily. And based on some of the stuff I was hearing, I was almost expecting that. So I was pleasantly surprised that, uh, I mean, this felt, number one, it felt like a real movie. It, it, it felt connected to the Sopranos. It had a lot of references to the Sopranos, but it didn't feel like it was a slave to the Sopranos franchise. It felt like it was doing its own thing. And I don't think that you would even have to watch The Sopranos to understand everything in this. I mean, I'm sure knowledge of The Sopranos definitely enriches the experience, but I feel like this movie does stand on its own. And I also think it'd be interesting because some people might see this movie first and then watch The Sopranos, especially people that are younger and didn't grow up with The Sopranos being on the air. Um, I, I, I think that it would be interesting to see how that shapes people's reaction to the show itself. Because I know I've had that experience with old media where I've seen something that came later and then I saw the original. And I'm I'm curious how people who come to this movie first and then go to The Sopranos will will respond. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, I think... And, and I think the... For me, the best performance was uh, 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 Vera Farmiga. She... she uh, uh, I, I was really worried about how Livia was going to come out. I... I, I to an extent, they almost did this a little bit, but not really. I thought they were going to do something where they, where they humanized Livia in a way that undermined the evil of Livia in the show. And they do humanize her a bit. She's a little bit more grounded in the movie. But I think in a movie, you kind of have to be. Um, but she's still just as dysfunctional. And uh, I... I and, and I and I I think I I think I I don't think that it was a disservice. I was worried that they were going to try to redeem Livia, and that they were going to maybe pin the blame on Johnny Soprano. And to an extent, I do think they made they in the show Johnny is kind of just he's berated by her, um, and he is a little bit in the movie. But in the movie, I think they make him a little bit more powerful uh, in terms of the domestic situation. Um, but I don't feel like it went into the territory of undermining the Livia character. Cause I think the, uh, I think, I think that I, I, I can understand why they would want to do something like that, but I think if they had gone that direction and I don't know, maybe on repeat viewings, I'll have a different take on this, but I feel like if they had gone in that direction, it would have really undermined Livia as a villain. And she's really one of the best all time villains on TV. I mean, I, to me, she's up there with, um, with Livia for my Claudius. Um, so who I think is the best. So, uh, if anything, I think all that the movie does is it adds a slightly more tragic element to it. Cause you can see, you can see, you can see that she wanted to maybe connect with her kids and she was never really able to, I think there's, there's, a um, uh, that humanizes her the same way that Tony is humanized in the, in the series. So I thought, I think that that worked, it, it, but, but, but she's still Livia 
and and she, and 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 Vera Farmiga, she got the, um, she got the accent perfect. She got the the voice perfect. Um, I also thought the, that was the other thing I noticed about Michael Gandolfini. And again, I don't know anything about him, so I don't know if this is just his voice. But what I really noticed was the pitch of his voice was exactly right. Like he's not talking. He doesn't have all the quirks that Tony is developed by the time he's forty or whatever. But he's got the pitch. He's got the pitch of the voice. And what I like about it is you can you can easily imagine how this character becomes Tony Soprano over time, which I think is the crucial thing when you're casting backwards in time like that. So, and I think it was the same thing with Livia. You can see how she become in some ways, one of the, one of the, one of the things about the show, I love the woman who played her on the show in the flashbacks, but one of the things that was always a little bit hard for me in the show was connecting that woman to the Olivia of the present. There was some disconnect there somehow. Um, and I feel like there's less of a disconnect here. Um, so, uh, you know, and again, there's nothing against that actress's performance because I thought she was great on the show. Um, it's just that in terms of the contrast, sometimes I would, and, and again, maybe if they, maybe if this, this was part of the flashback sequence, I would have the same reaction if I had them like back to back. But I, I, I thought, I thought that Livia was great in this, in this one. Um, and yeah, so again, it's, I think the, the one thing I didn't like on prime is that you can't rent it. You have to buy it. So you have to spend 20 bucks just to watch it. I feel like they should let people rent it. And also I noticed that it's more money to buy it on prime than it is to buy it on Blu-ray, which I don't know. I thought that was stupid. Um, you know, that's, that's, it's, it, it seems to me like if you're buying the physical media, the digital media should be cheaper. Um, you know, but then again, I, I, I ended up getting it in a digital format because I wanted to watch it right away. So, um, yeah, so I, I do recommend it. I don't think everybody's going to have the same reaction. I think some people will have a very different reaction to this than I will. And I think, uh, it's, it's, it's the kind of movie I can see it being very subjective where, uh, some people are going to think maybe it's more fan service than I thought it was, or some people are going to think that it was not cohesive, uh, whereas where I found it to be cohesive in places. And, uh, some people might get irritated by the, um, the, you know, the Ray Liotta character. I thought Ray Liotta was great in this, by the way. I thought he did a, a magnificent job as both characters. And I liked that he played them as two distinct characters. Um, uh, it, it just really worked. So anyways, I'll let you go and talk to you later.